sweeping layoffs and hiring freezes hit the tech industry hard this year. Over 50,000 jobs were lost in November alone. That's according to layoffs.fyi, a site tracking tech layoffs. The height of the pandemic was good for the tech industry, but as life moves back offline, companies are beginning to let go of the employees they hired back when business was booming. Outside of tech, the labor market seems steady leading into the new year. The U.S. added 263,000 new jobs last month, and the unemployment rate remained at 3.7 percent, just above a historic low. So what accounts for the tech industry's economic wobbles, and what could they mean for the economy as a whole? We'll answer those questions and more in just a moment. I'm Jen White. You're listening to the 1A Podcast, where we get to the heart of the story. Remember to join us for future conversations, download the 1A Vox Pop app, and leave us a message. This message comes from NPR sponsor, SmartWool. Our greatest adventures can't be gift-wrapped, but the SmartWool gear that makes them possible can. From award-winning merino wool base layers to must-have accessories and socks, the magic of merino will keep your loved ones warm and cozy all season long. Whether you're shopping for the all-day explorer or the late-night bonfire starter, find the perfect merino gift for every adventurer on your list. Enjoy 15% off your first purchase when you sign up for Smart Wool's mailing list. Let's get into the conversation. Joining us from my hometown, Detroit, to discuss is Richard Lawler. He's a senior news editor at The Verge. Richard, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. But we'll start by checking in with a former tech worker impacted by the layoffs. In early November, Twitter laid off nearly half its staff, including data scientist Melissa Engel. She joined 1A last month to talk about the changes at Twitter, and she joins us today to discuss navigating layoffs and hiring freezes in the tech world. Melissa, welcome back. Thank you for having me. So what was your role at Twitter? So I was a senior data scientist at Twitter, and I worked in uh, political misinformation. And how did Twitter compare to other tech jobs that you've had? Yeah, the, the, work, the workplace culture was incredibly supportive and um, really collaborative. And I was a contractor, but I was treated the same as uh, any other full-time employee. And I, I thought it was a really a really wonderful, supportive environment. So explain a little bit more about being a contract worker at Twitter. What did that mean exactly, and how did that affect the way you were laid off? Yeah, that's right. So um, in, in, in most other ways, I was uh, treated the same as a full-time employee. I had a, a Twitter email. Uh, I was on Twitter Slack. I pushed code to production. Um, the only difference is Twitter uh, did not pay me um, any benefits, uh, so Twitter has a, had a had a contractor force of I don't know between four to five thousand uh, people. We're not quite sure, but um, what that meant essentially is uh, on November third, uh, uh, the first round of full time employees, approximately half the company, were laid off uh, over just being logged out of their system, not being told. I was in all of us contractors were in a limbo for a full week. Do we have a job? I literally had a Jira ticket filed. Hmm. Uh, said, does this person still work here? What are they doing? Uh, I was trying to contact HR to figure this out. And a week later on um, Saturday, uh, November 12th, I received a pop-up message on my phone that said, one or more of your access tokens has been removed. And I couldn't access email or Slack. And that's that's how I was fired. Richard, there have been over 144,000 tech jobs lost this year, again, according to layoffs.fyi. And we mentioned that at the height of the pandemic, it, it was good a good time for big tech hiring. How did the pandemic affect their hiring practices? 
what happened is that the tech industry experienced the pandemic in a very different way than some other industries because of the the way that everyone suddenly was stuck at home. We had to re, re we had to change the way that we go to school, the way that we live, the way that we go to work. We were relying on these products and these services much more than we had been before. And suddenly, many of these companies, you saw it from the social, the social networking services like Twitter and Meta, you saw it on Microsoft or on hardware companies like Peloton or on, on entertainment services like Netflix. They suddenly had advanced several years in their growth uh, plans and they hired and grew almost as though that would always continue. And what actually happened was that, uh, you know, kind of as people resumed going outside and going back to the office, those, those patterns dropped off uh, again and they they now need to kind of kind of refocus what they, they are doing and at different companies that's affected people different ways like Twitter of course is, is very much its own thing because of the sale with Elon Musk but we've seen it across the big tech companies you name it Microsoft Amazon uh, really all of them. I want to read this tweet we got from John who says, I work in IT and I think the biggest problem is people aren't working from home now. Plus, you have a lot of companies moving to text-based support, so you don't need those people on the phone. I want to break that up into to two, the first part being people not working from home as much anymore. Richard, why would that affect the hiring or, or layoffs of workers in the tech industry? It, well, the, in several ways. Some of those, some of those things... It, the companies that suddenly had to had to shift employees from offices to home had to buy services that they bought. I, I know we're experiencing it at our company. We suddenly have Zoom, we have Slack, we have uh, you know g- various Google packages. And now, especially as the economy is kind of retracting, they're taking a look at those costs and cutting back. So many many of those uh, revenue sources that those companies were relying on, or even a company like Meta has a massive business. Operation. You look at Microsoft uh, with Teams. All, all of them are competing, and suddenly there's not that that boom where everyone needs every single service. Com- companies are very careful about how they're spending money. So the com- the workers going back to the office has cut off the, these revenue streams and has caused companies to be very very careful about how they're hiring. And John also mentions text-based support. So, you know, if I'm trying to get in contact with my cell phone um, company or something, rather than making a call, they'll say, hey, do you want to chat? Now, maybe (laughs) it's silly of me to assume there's a person on the other end of the chat. They seem very friendly and like a person, but are people filling those roles or is that where perhaps AI is stepping in, Richard? I don't know if AI is, is stepping in everywhere just yet. But certainly more than one person uh, can can kind of handle the tech support. I know when, when I've tried to contact a company like contact, Comcast or something, it seems to be more efficient sometimes, or they're at least directing you to use the website and try to log in and, and do the text chat where you might be able to be passed off by different people or, or anything like that very seamlessly because you don't really know who you're talking to. You don't have to have that conversation. Or you can contact them via Twitter, via WhatsApp, uh, you know, kind of other, other low, lower impact services that maybe they need fewer employees on the other end. Melissa, how has getting laid off impacted your life, not just professionally and financially, but also emotionally? Uh, You can imagine it's been devastating. I live in San Francisco, California. It's one of the most expensive cities uh, in the world. And to, uh, as you said, there have been layoffs across the board. Um, Suddenly you have hundreds of thousands of tech workers 
uh, dumped onto the industry. And um, it's it's really caused uh, this huge scramble and um, it's incredibly anxiety provoking. I've had several companies tell me, if we hire you, it won't be till after uh, the holidays. And meanwhile, <laughs> I'm concerned about rent and providing Christmas for my children. We got this email from Rodney who says every tech industry has a seasonal ebb and flow. Post-pandemic consumers are more frugal. They also have less tolerance for nonsense behavior. The irresponsibility of companies like Meta, Twitter, and FTX all turn consumers off. I mean, Melissa, we, we should say that high turnover and layoffs aren't uncommon in the tech industry. Why do we see so much of that? Yeah, it sort of comes with the system. It comes with the, the, the process. You you make a gamble and these it tends to be a volatile industry because people make they make big investments in new tech and they're trying to to lead the way and, and disrupt industries and everybody wants to be the new meta or the new uh, you know salesforce or whatever and um it just doesn't always uh work out that just this doesn't always pan out and i've i've been through several rounds myself richard do you, what do you think is there something unique about this particular wave of layoffs it feels a bit different. It feels like there's a real shift in the way that companies are relating to their employees and, and even to their customers. Um, I, I saw something that uh, an engineer, Priya Fadness, mentioned on Twitter, and I thought it, it really kind of laid it out, calling, saying that where rank-and-file tech workers used to be considered assets, we're now considered costs. And I think that if you look at the way that companies like Google uh, and the way that their employees used to be treated, we had a, a movie about getting hired at Google. Uh, really, other industries envied the tech industry and, and all the benefits that tech workers got. And now those things have dried up and has changed and they are employees and are being treated similar to, to, to what we've seen in other industries where they're being treated as disposable, whereas before they were treated as stars. We got this email from Teresa who says, I was laid off in September as a senior IT project manager for a staffing organization. In seeking a new job, I noticed that each job posting has over 100 applicants. Also, I noticed that the wages were falling, as much as $20 an hour less for the same position. At this point, I've decided to retire. Melissa, as you said, you've been looking for a job during this period of layoffs and hiring freezes. What has that experience been like for you? Yeah, the last time I looked for work was a couple of years ago, and the market was absolutely red hot. Um, I received so many calls, I decided to track them. I'm a data person. One day, I received almost 70 calls, and I took over almost 40 of them. Um, just talking to different people, and it's just not the same. There's still jobs to be had, but as your call, as as the the person suggested, people are much more picky. Companies are much more picky. Uh, the salaries are, are a lot tighter. And I've applied to certain jobs, and then later had the job itself eliminated during the interview process. Wait, so you just to be clear, you applied for a job, and in that application process, they said, "Oops, we're actually not going to fill this position." Yeah. I applied for DoorDash uh, for a senior data scientist, and I advanced a couple rounds. And then uh, they, I got an email that said, you may have heard that DoorDash has recently reduced their workforce. Uh, there's no need to continue with this interview. Well, Melissa, we wish you the best of luck in your job search. That was Melissa Engel. She's a former Twitter employee who was laid off in early November. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you. And let's bring in two more voices. Jackie Davalos is a tech reporter at Bloomberg focusing on the gig economy. Jackie, welcome to the program. Great to be here. Also with us is Nick Bunker. He's the head of economic research at the recruiting website Indeed. Nick, it's great to have you. 
Thanks for having me. We also want to hear from you. What questions do you have about the tech, recent tech layoffs? Were you recently laid off from the tech sector? How is your job search progressing so far? Tweet us at 1A or email us at 1A at WAMU.org. Nick, we just heard from a former Twitter employee who lost her job working in data and analytics. What types of jobs are being affected by these tech layoffs most? So there is the reality that we don't have exactly perfect data on this because these are for the most part just announced layoffs from companies. But while they're obviously concentrated in tech companies, there looks like a variety of sort of occupations within those firms are being affected. Uh, One thing that has stood out to me is that in addition to, say, marketing roles in some engineering positions, lots of recruiters have been let go as well, which suggests that the demand to hire more in the future is really going down because you let go of the people who do the hiring when you have no plans to ramp up hiring anytime soon. Now, Melissa, who we spoke to earlier, was a contract worker. How are contract workers and temp workers in tech being affected? So, There is the the data difficulty that we don't know exactly how many there are there. But what we do know from prior downturns and just their usual habits of firms when they let people go is that usually those temporary employees are the first to go um, because they are, you know, less of a relationship to the firm. So I think that anytime you see a trend in an industry, the workers who aren't necessarily on payroll, sometimes they are first to go because they are seen as sort of an extra cost. Well, and how much does the tech world rely on those contract workers and and temp workers to build out their forces? So it it does depend on the sort of job you're thinking about. A lot of those sort of core engineering engineering resources you'd imagine are sort of in the firm, but there are some other functions of those companies that you imagine there there's higher uses of those sort of contractors. Now, Jackie, the company that owns Facebook and Instagram laid off 11,000 workers last month. That's 13% of Meta's staff. What factors led to those layoffs? You know, Meta is an interesting example because it was largely seen as, um, you know, the giant uh, that in social media could always lock in those eyeballs that advertising dollars were really interested in. And now that you're seeing a lot of the pandemic habits sort of shift from, you know, people just scrolling their phones in their living rooms, not going outside, um, and they're spending less time uh, than they were before, um, which is when you saw a lot of these advertising revenues spike. Now that you're seeing some of that revert back, all of the expenses that uh, Meta has put into projects like the Metaverse, uh, billions of dollars into a project that isn't really yielding the results investors want. You're seeing uh, the company now uh, respond to that by cutting some of those costs, whether it's you know sloughing off other less profitable projects and just really prioritizing kind of its bread and butter, its you know video uh, shorts to compete with TikTok. That's really what they're going to start to focus on, and unfortunately, that's meant. Um, you know, reduced headcount for for some folks in those other functions. Well, we reached out to Meta to participate in the show, but we didn't hear back. The offer does stand. You know, Richard, as Jackie says there, Meta saw this period of financial growth at the start of the pandemic. When we look at the tech sector more broadly, how did the pandemic change how tech companies made and spent their money? They their profits grew, their profits and their revenues grew so much that I think investors have come to expect that kind of growth. Uh, kind of every quarter, and they're trying to explain why they why they can't keep doing it, why they can't just continue to find another billion people who are suddenly coming home and using their phone and their computer all day, and that that's not easy to do. So because they can't find the extra money, they they have decided to try and cut costs instead. 
And you, as, as she mentioned, you've, you've seen this at really all the companies. You've seen it at Meta. You see it at a company like Netflix, where suddenly, where they, they had massive growth at the beginning of the pandemic. And then they had a retraction. Suddenly they, they lost customers for the first time in 10 years. And then they, they started laying people off. They, re, they reduced the number of staff that they had working on projects, like their kind of internal content to Doom, where they were producing articles and other things about the movies and TV shows that they're making. And suddenly, where in years before, in tech, it was very popular to be the company that was talking about, okay, we're spending and we're investing and we're growing and we're talking about how much our customer base is growing. Now they want to talk about how profitable they are. And, that, and that's the story that they want to tell. And cutting costs is a part of that. Well, Amazon is said to lay off about 20,000 workers as well, mostly people working in corporate and technology jobs. Nick, what's happening at Amazon? So I think that is a similar story of pandemic era changes, um, that Amazon is not only obviously involved in the technology sector, but part of the technology is getting goods delivered to people's homes. And what we saw during the pandemic was that there was a big shift in household consumption away from services, going to restaurants, going to movies, traveling, and towards goods. And a lot of those goods were delivered to people's homes. And Amazon, as a company that is very much involved there, um, is seeing a shift away from that. One thing we can see in the government data is that the group of industries that the Bureau of Labor Statistics calls transportation and warehousing, that grew very quickly over the course of the pandemic. But the past three months, that sector started shedding jobs. So I think Amazon is perhaps feeling a double whammy of shifts uh, of pandemic habits, both away from screens and away away from goods. Well, we also reached out to Amazon for comment, and they pointed us to this statement on the layoffs made by Amazon CEO Andy Jassy. It reads in part, quote, we are in the middle of our annual operating planning review where we look at each of our businesses and make decisions about what we believe we should change. This year's review is more difficult due to the fact that the economy remains in a challenging spot and we've hired rapidly over the last several years. Now, Jackie, part of what I'm hearing is the tech sector, were, were they trying to just answer the moment at the height of the pandemic and, and provide what they thought customers wanted? Or were they kind of gambling that consumer behavior was going to change permanently? I think in the moment um, when you had these powerful pandemic tailwinds really lifting all boats, at that point it became, well, how many people can you get on your boat? And it became about getting as much market share as possible. And in a sector like social media, for example, Meta, Snap, Twitter, all of them were vying for largely the same uh, pool of customers. Um, when you look at you know, the delivery sector, food delivery in particular, Uber, DoorDash, um, to a lesser degree, Grubhub, um, you know, those companies also saw just massive growth. And at that point, it became, well, how can we focus on growth, expanding our market share at uh, whatever cost it, it takes? And I, there was, um, I think, a reality that hit, especially for food delivery, for example. You know, people thought that once indoor dining and vaccination rates increased, that people were largely going to you know, stop ordering takeout so much and, and get out and about to restaurants in person again. But what we saw is that people became so accustomed to ordering online, whether it was your breakfast, lunch and dinner, to all of a sudden ordering your makeup, your other, you know, a, a last minute gift. And that behavior stuck. And so now it's becoming, well, if we're not going to see that pandemic era growth um, in an environment where people's budgets are getting pinched, if we start to see our growth numbers soften up, 
you know, can we withstand that? And some companies like DoorDash were quick to admit that, you know, maybe we got ahead of ourselves. We overhired in our efforts to really scoop up um, more of this market share in food delivery, which is why you saw them uh, lay off, you know, about 7% of their workforce. Richard, I'd love to hear from you on this as well. You know, as tech companies were trying to respond to consumer demand at the height of the pandemic, how are they trying to refocus, shift priorities, figure out what consumer demand is going to look like longer term now? I think what Jackie brought up about the competition in the different segments is really key to what's going on. As we've mentioned, Meta and Twitter and Snap is one that I look at specifically. They had layoffs earlier this year. They ended their project building a drone. Snap is, is not something that necessarily you think of as a drone company, but that's something that they were building and were hoping to develop as their next big thing. And then suddenly, when, when the costs rose, when the cost of consumer acquisition rose, when, co- when the, attention, the, the amount of attention that people have to give their apps dropped, suddenly they decided that they didn't need a drone so much. And that, that's really what you're seeing for all of these companies. They have to refocus. It's getting so exp- for customers, it's getting very expensive to live. For companies, it's getting very expensive to get customer attention. You, we've even seen it in, in businesses that people thought were resistant or proof of, uh, to this, like gambling, where suddenly customer acquisition costs have skyrocketed and, and some companies are getting out of the space. We're discussing the rise in layoffs and hiring freezes at big tech companies. We'll be back with more from you and our guests in just a moment. We're discussing layoffs and hiring freezes at big tech companies. Let's get back to the discussion. I think around 60,000 Indians live in America, and they've been laid off from their jobs this year. How have layoffs in the tech industry and beyond affected workers on Visa? So so that is an in, or a, a group of workers that the tech industry is very notably uh, hired quite a bit from. So a lot of those those visas are tied to employment. So for th- those workers, they're going to need to find a job in the U.S. in, in order to stay here on a more uh, a longer term basis. Now, when we think about some of these hiring um, opportunities that are still out there, you imagine that this might make it a little bit easier for some of those people who are hiring to hire these workers because they're incentivized to take positions fairly quickly. So I think that is one thing to keep in mind for these workers is that that they need these jobs quickly um, and that this is in the context overall of more workers being thrown out of work in this sector and looking for jobs. So I think all things being equal, this means that sort of the bargaining position of job seekers for these positions is probably going to be a little weaker because these forks, these these folks who were let go, unfortunately, need these jobs in order to stay where they've been living. Well, how much time do they have to secure a new position? I'm not sure of the specifics. I, I believe it, uh, it varies by um, the program, but I, I, it's not a significant amount of time. Um, my understanding, again, anecdotally here, is just that uh, folks um, feel a great sense of urgency to get that job once they're let go. Jackie, I, w- I want to focus in on the gig economy for a moment. You mentioned earlier that DoorDash announced they're cutting 6% of their workforce. How have layoffs hit that sector? It's um, it's twofold in that the 
layoffs at DoorDash were largely amongst um, full-time employees, so engineers, product managers, uh, customer service. Uh, no one team was singled out. It was just kind of a, a broad um, headcount reduction. Now, when it comes to the other part of their workforce, the gig workers, the delivery drivers, for example, that um, actually get meals from point A to point B, they are considered independent contractors largely. And so what that means is that you know they don't have the same um, you know protections as full-time employees. So they can be laid off on mass, but the way it happens for gig workers is a little different. Um, you know they have the option to open their phones and and select a gig to to work a particular hour. Um, so when there are not enough jobs to go around or there's not enough orders to keep workers busy, uh, you just see people having to make that decision um, on their own. Or the company actually you know, pulls back on some of the bonuses and incentives that it typically uses to, to lure in more workers to um, get more of the orders out more quickly. Um, what you're seeing with DoorDash, though, they never really struggled with having... Um, a, a sufficient amount of delivery drivers on the road to deliver orders. Um, but what you are seeing is them their marketing spend on how they attract them. So whether it's Facebook ads or on Twitter, um, Craigslist ads is another big part of marketing spend. It's all about, you know, how can delivery drivers see that we have a job opportunity for them? They're actually starting to, the company's pulling back on that spend a bit. Um, when you look at Uber, though, you know, they did have, um, you know, a lot of trouble with um, attracting ride-hailing drivers. So they also have a food delivery business, but they started as a company um, in the rideshare sector. And so they had a really tough time attracting drivers back because you have, um, you know, healthcare concerns and many had found other jobs. Many actually reverted to, you know, just food delivery. Um, for for various reasons. And so they actually had to spend quite a bit, hundreds of millions of dollars to lure them back. You're seeing them pull back a little bit more now that the labor market is somewhat tightening as well. So there, there are multiple perspectives around this. So you have the, the company perspective, you've got the employee or the potential employee perspective, and then you've got the consumer perspective. The oversight board at Facebook recently reported that the website's content moderation system prioritizes high-profile users and public figures, but Twitter just laid off a lot of its content moderation staff. And, and I'm curious how these layoffs affect public trust, specifically in social media platforms and in the companies more broadly. Richard? We haven't seen the the kind of wrinkle effects of, of of how this actually changes the public discourse, how this could affect events or some of the social uh, uprisings that we've kind of seen around the world around these platforms. But it, it's very distressing, and many of the experts uh, are are calling this out as as a problem that these are are the teams that are being laid off, and and especially the company like Twitter, the layoffs have affected teams around the world that maybe for us in the U.S. and the English speaking world that we don't even think of or aren't connected to. And we don't even know that they're gone until something happens and there's no one to pick up the phone. And that has, that has gone wrong. We've seen it in, in Myanmar. We've seen it in other places. And it's, it's the kind of thing that's hard to keep track of really until something happens just because we, we don't know exactly how, deeply, how deep the cuts have gone or how effective their, their new policies will be. These companies believe that they can maybe try to use AI and, and other technology to, to substitute for having real people. But... It's hard to determine what someone is saying unless you are actually there and, and are kind of in the community and understand what the conversations are. 
I want to read this email we got from one of you. It says, I was laid off five times in three years during the post-Y2K tech bust from some of the major players in Silicon Valley. The last was so brutal, there were actually suicide attempts. It became so psychologically devastating that even though I was one of the survivors, I decided to quit, left California, and went back to university for a second master's degree in a totally unrelated field. I still have PTSD from the experience, and the current round of mass layoffs is causing me huge emotional distress. My heart is breaking for all those affected. Jackie, we don't talk about the human cost of these sorts of mass layoffs very often, but is that a discussion you hear being had? Absolutely. And, you know, in the last few months alone, um, a lot of companies have taken different uh, approaches to how they handle layoffs to their severance packages or the grace periods related to, um, you know, visa applications. Um, So, you know, you look at a Twitter that was very abrupt. It was in the middle of the night that you look at a DoorDash that, you know, was one of the later companies to uh, announce layoffs. What you saw them do is offer an extremely generous severance package, 17 weeks. They also said, look, we know a lot of people are um, having to put in H-1B visa applications and we'll start the clock on that in March so you don't have to scramble for a new job. So I think there is a big recognition in the industry, especially among companies that you know, started up in the heyday of uh, the startup uh, era, you know, in the mid 2000s. And so we're seeing now, I think, amongst employees that have a very transferable set of skills. Think about other jobs in in venture capital, for example, in social um, impact and enterprise kind of organizations that are looking at, you know, international development, for example, um, as a way to kind of use those tech heavy skills into, um, you know, something with perhaps more social impact. Um, And and that's going to be, I think, something that trickles through. It's not exactly a trend that I've come across in data just yet. Um, but certainly even across some of the private companies, the startup world with an Instacart, for example, or an, a GoPuff that also had, you know, layoffs of their own. Um, it's really uh, becoming much more of a consideration, the uncertainty that you may trade in when you go into a company that's at a growth stage and, you know, the security that you want just from an employment perspective. Let's go to our voicemail box. Here's a message we got from Ileana. Recently, I've been hearing a lot about the losses of jobs in the tech industry from Amazon to Twitter to all of these. And I am also listening very closely to the rates, uh, increases in inflation. And I'm thinking to myself, are we going to be okay? Are we going to experience another recession? Um, How is how is everything going to pan out? Is this being well planned, you know, the, the inflation control? Because right now, you know, when you see a lot of losses, uh, industry losing jobs, it affects the economy one way or another. Uh, Jackie, the November jobs report, which is one of the things people look at to, to figure out where we are economically, um, it was issued by the Labor Department. It showed 263,000 new jobs were created last month. But I'm curious how that report captures the layoffs in the tech industry, keeping in mind that many tech workers got severance packages, meaning they're still on company payrolls at at the time the jobs report comes out. 
right? Some, so some of those job gains in that report were largely uh, in like the leisure and hospitality sector, um, some healthcare gains as well. Uh, it was, you know, those gains, however, don't take into account um, what was going on in technology. And, you know, while it's still some of those um, layoffs are, um, you know, have yet to trickle into the numbers. They're announced layoffs, for example. I think Amazon is one of those where, you know, they've started perhaps calling some teams, but those may extend into the next year. So I think it's going to be a little bit more of a smoother trend line there. Um, but you will see, you know, for example, uh, like customer service type of sectors or, um, you know, uh, computer science, uh, data scientists kind of roles that, um, you know, perhaps are not as dependent on like a product management or like an engineering team that, you know, you have a longer span of time before, you know, you get your notice by the time the termination date actually lands. Um, so I think that the, the job support was a little bit of a mixed bag there too, in that it doesn't really tell the full story um, that we're seeing in, in, in the tech sector right now. Nick, what does the data tell us about what job sectors are seeing growth right now? So we are seeing in the labor market data, increasingly a shift away from a lot of these sectors that did well relatively well during the pandemic. Uh, so lots of um, transportation businesses, warehousing businesses, um, and uh, technology companies. And now increasingly, we're seeing more and more of the strength of the gains um, moving forward are coming from bars, restaurants, hotels to a certain extent. Um, some of these sectors that got hit really, really hard at the beginning of the pandemic are starting to bounce back. One way to think about this is that the sectors of the economy that produce goods or bring goods to people, they're starting to slow down or shrink in some cases. It's the sectors that provide services in person to people have continued strength. We got this comment from Richard who says, one, who says these layoffs that negatively affect hundreds of thousands of workers' livelihoods are driven by poor business and strategy strategy decisions made by people those decisions often benefit. Let's talk about how workers can check that misuse of power. Richard, I mean, is this a new moment where we're hearing tech workers say, wait a second, we're being impacted by these decisions, but we need to have more control of what happens in these companies? It has been something that we've seen, um, again, during the pandemic, particularly, and now, again, as, as things retract and as these jobs kind, kind of uh, start to go away and aren't as easy to find a new job, if, if that's what you're looking for, people are organizing, we're seeing more unionization pushes, we're seeing more pushback against company policies, um, just ab about everything from return to office to even smaller things like, like, like wages, like hours. Um, trying to make sure that, that they're staffed appropriately in certain areas. Because what the workers are looking at is, you see the executives, you see the CEOs of these companies, they, they aren't leaving, they aren't having their, their uh, personal income affected by it. The investors continue to make money, the companies continue to record profits of many billions of dollars. These are still, on the, on the by and large, incredibly profitable companies but they're still cutting employees in, in ways that, that drastically affect people's lives. And I, I think that has shown, again, those the sort of rank-and-file tech workers where before they were told and they were, they were given examples of, we treat everyone like family, we give, we give these benefits, we do all these great things for you. Now they're not being treated that way anymore, and they're seeing that there's very much a difference um, from, from one level to another. Nick, what advice do you have for people looking for work in the tech field? 
So I will say that while there's definitely a period of retrenchment right now where there lots of firms are, are pulling back, there's still job opportunities out there right now, um, broadly for um, lots of tech job tech-related jobs. I mentioned earlier that we've seen job postings on Indeed for these roles pull back quite a bit, but they're still higher than where they were back in early 2020 before the pandemic hit. And I think to tie in something that we were talking about earlier, there's also other companies that are hiring at elevated rates right now that could um, be good places to work at, especially for folks with the skill set that technology firms have desired in the past. So one thing is to consider is that Tech is not the only place hiring. And in fact, the vast, vast, vast majority of employment in the United States is not in the technology sector. And there might be good fits outside of the industry that you've worked at in the past. That's Nick Bunker. He's the head of economic research at the recruiting website Indeed. We also were here with Jackie Davalos. She's a tech reporter at Bloomberg, focusing on the gig economy. And Richard Lawler, he's a senior editor at The Verge. Richard, Jackie, Nick, thanks for speaking with us. Today's producer was Arfi Getty. This program comes to you from WAMU, part of American University in Washington, distributed by NPR. I'm Jen White. This is 1A.